What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to the Athletic Lab Audio Inventory. Welcome to our uh, Discussions in the Lab weekly podcast. This is going to be the first of a three-part series. We're going to go through some common training strategies and critique them. We're going to go through how they're commonly used and then how we would use them or not use them. Potentially, if it does have some benefit, what context we'd use that in and how it would be useful. Or if we don't see any use in it at all, then we would go ahead and say that what we might do as an alternative. So this week, we're going to be talking about Vertimax. That's going to be the first of the three parts here. And then on week two and three of this, or part two and part three of this, we're going to go through some speed and agility training options too. So starting with the Vertimax, uh, either you guys want to take over for the start here of how it's commonly used or give some context to what we're discussing here. Go ahead, Greg. So I guess just to make sure everybody knows what we're talking about with the Vertimax, uh, if you've never seen it or um, done any training with it, basically it's a platform with a series of bands attached to it. Um, over, over pulley systems where an athlete's going to be basically attached to these bands through different harnesses on the hips, the ankles, um, throughout the body, different parts of the limbs, and uh, all kinds of different exercises can be done with it uh, with resistance basically. So um, again, the variability of what you can do with it is pretty vast, so it may be hard you know, in some ways to talk about the good and the bad without knowing exactly what's being done, but I think the, the goal for us here will be um, to kind of point out some of the, some of the uh, obvious good and bad of you know, the, the use of it. And so I think the most common uses are the ones that we uh, will probably focus on because the most common uses are probably the ones that are uh, most justifiable in my opinion. Uh, most commonly, I'd say people do jump training on it, in particular vertical jump training, and occasionally you'll see people do things like kind of running in place or some form of resisted running, uh, both of which I think seem good in theory, uh, but they are not uh, oftentimes what people are thinking of. So on the vertical jump, uh, basically you attach harnesses uh, or elastic bands to your to your waist or maybe even your arms and do vertical jump training, jumping for height or jumping repeatedly. And the research on it is quite uh, quite uh, non-supportive, I would say, is probably the most democratic way of putting it. Uh, it can be beneficial, but uh, no more so than vertical jumping and probably certainly less than just straight up un- uh, resisted vertical jumping and a combination of strength training, which is what we generally do here. And then the last thing uh, that I'd say, generally speaking, that is used for is doing some form of resisted running with it. Uh, and inevitably, this somewhat looks like running, but uh, the, what's actually happening in the body in terms of the muscle recruitment patterns is totally different. And that's even more skewed when you do these resisted runs where the person is attaching bands from the ankle and the knee and the hip and even the arms, and it just turns it into an altogether different thing. It looks like, kind of looks like it's running, but the person's in place because they're resisted uh, at very distal joints, turns into an altogether different thing. Uh, I think Matt and uh, Greg maybe wanted to expand on that or talk about some of the 
alternative things, more more tangential things that people are doing with it that we uh, are probably even in less agreement with. Sure. So starting with some of the uh, exercise options that I personally don't have any issue with. If it was something just like a squat jump, um, resisted step-ups, resisted running, these are all options that we use with our athletes very commonly. But to me, a Vertimax is just solving problems that aren't actually there. So if you're going to be using it, it also creates some issues, such as constraints. So if you're doing resisted running with a Vertimax, you can only go as far as those bands will allow, which constrained to, what do you think, probably less than five steps. Yeah. So a resisted run, let's say using a harness or using a sled, whatever you have available to you, you don't have that constraint. You can also potentially, if you're using um, a harness and you're holding an athlete, you can go in multiple directions, just like a Vertimax, but also you have more option as far as the range you're gonna go. Something like a step up, if you're going to use that, you can only load that so much. And also the exact way that it works is not that different. So to me, the options that I do see as valuable exercise selections are constrained in what you can actually do and how you can progress them with a Vertimax, as opposed to being enhanced, which is probably what they're um, advocating for in using that. That you could do these exercises without a Vertimax, but you can do them and get more out of it with it. I would argue the exact opposite, that it's creating issues rather than solving them. And then as far as the other um, options that are on there, Greg and I were watching a video earlier prepping for this of a basketball player which had bands around the waist, ankles, and was doing dribbling drills, going forward, backwards, rehearsing some footwork with that. And um, not to steal your thought on that, or Greg, but we're talking about how that's probably not what the limiting factor is on being good on those. So before I go too deep into that, Greg, if you want to jump in there. Yeah, so the, I mean, the main thought I had as soon as I saw it is, um, so these, these athletes were doing different types of juke moving and um, basically just dribbling mostly in place but moving slowly forward uh, with, these, with this resistance. Um, and the thought is that uh, the limiter for them to be able to do that well isn't moving against resistance, especially if it's pulling them backward, if the resistance is pulling um, to the rear. Uh, that's not at all what happens in a game situation. Uh, it's not going to be what's limiting them from uh, dribbling or performing well in a game. So uh, to do that isn't, again, as Matt said, kind of creating a situation that uh, you're solving a problem that doesn't exist, basically. Um, and then the other issue that I um, have come across with seeing how it's applied is, especially as Mike kind of pointed out, is attaching these bands to um, distal limbs, so around the ankles, around the wrists, uh, especially for running drills around the ankles. Um, it's not. It's a little bit different than how you would, how we would actually resist a, a sprint, um, for example, in training, where we would either do it on the hips or the the torso. So really, you're resisting the more the center of mass, not how the how the limbs are moving. Because um, if you look at how the the limbs are going to apply forces into a ground, uh, they go downward into the ground, and when you resist the limbs with a band, you're actually resisting the the upward motion away from the ground, not the press into the ground. So you're not actually getting the benefit that you think you're getting when you resist the movement. Yeah, I think it has the potential to change the recruitment patterns of even jumping exercises or running in place exercises when you start to recruit distally. Uh, you know, the forces that differentiate good and bad performances in most athletic movements is how you apply force to the ground. And when you start resisting distally, especially at ankle and wrist, 
for things like jumping and running type motions, you change it all together. I mean, it's not that's not a limiter for you, for you when you're actually doing it. In fact, doing something like dribbling a basketball uh, with a band around your wrist it seems like it's ridiculous to me. I mean, it's no one is so weak that they can't push down on a floating basketball into the ground with enough force for it to come back to your hand. So that's not something that we really need to train, uh, I don't think. And, you know, I think one thing that I wanted to add here maybe as a wrap-up on this is that the Vertimax costs several thousand dollars. It's about thirty-five dollars to $5,000 if I remember correctly. And you can only put one person on it at a time. If you if you really want to kind of get uh, fancy, you could maybe have a handful of people doing things like leg kicks or uh, you know uh, front front raises and things from different sides of it. But maybe at most a couple of people at the same time for four thousand uh, dollars on average. Combine that with some of the limitations that Matt brought up, and you're ask, you got to ask yourself why you would go that route. Uh, given that it's potentially gimmicky in its actual training stimulus. You know, for $4,000, you could get uh, you get two Aleco full sets. You could get uh, maybe as many as five kind of cheap bumper and bar sets. And then you can, or maybe even eight, if you were really kind of savvy about how you price it out, you get eight barbell sets, and you could do a heck of a lot with that. You're not limited or constrained with the things that Matt was talking about. You can train multiple people at the same time. You have way more exercises at your disposal. So I think, you know, in any setting, budget is going to be an issue. Um, You know, if I were trying to be wise with my expenditures and trying to get the most out of it, there's not a lot of, literally not a lot of bang for your buck with something like a Vertimax, in my opinion, because, you know, a single, single unit at that expense that doesn't really add too much extra to what we could get from traditional mass based loading, I think really Puts it a, puts a huge question mark on the value of that type of equipment. And to me, if it was a matter of getting a really high-end piece of equipment, let's say such as the K-Box, you could say as a similar constraint, you can only put one in there at a time. That offers something that we could very, be very difficult to simulate without. Um, so if it was a question of, okay, it's expensive, but it does offer something, maybe you can make an argument. To me, this doesn't offer um, anything that we couldn't do with the other equipment that you mentioned there. So... You're not like missing out on resistance bands. Exactly, you're not get, missing out on anything by not going that route. I don't know if you guys have any final thoughts to uh, add before we wrap of, it up here. I guess last thought is um, similar to what Mike and, and you were both saying is um, maybe some people's argument against uh, the kind of claims that we're making is well, it's not uh, you know, the barbell movements aren't sport specific or something like that. It's kind of what people I think uh, turn toward when they want to do the Vertimax training. So you can do these sport specific movements. Um, and we just have to remember that when we're training for the sport, we're trying to develop capacities. So that's really where we separate the sport that we're actually playing and the training that we're doing. And also along those lines, if we want to kind of find a middle ground, it's really hard to replicate um, the, the benefit we can get from just plyometric training. So forget the resistance and just progress to intensities and um, exercise uh, complexity through just bodyweight plyometrics. And you're going to replicate the demands of sport pretty well just by doing that. Yeah, the discussion of sport-specific training could actually probably be a good discussion in the lab in and of itself. Yeah, maybe another time. 
So thanks everyone for tuning in and keep an eye out for the second and third part of this series. All right, guys, that's it. Thanks for listening. If you like this, you can rate us, you can share this with your friends. And if you have a question, go to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Anchor, anywhere you can find us. Drop us a DM and we'll try to answer it when we can.